This is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is Motivation Killers. So in this episode, we'll be talking about the different ways that we are killing our children's motivation without meaning to. Some of it might surprise you, depending on what, how much you've dug into this already, and if you've listened to any of the other episodes I've had about motivation. So to start with, this is a common scene. Um, I mean, obviously this one is staged if you're looking at the picture. So if you're just listening, there's a parent frustrated, trying to get her child to do their work. And the child is not interested in doing the work, probably feeling a bit frustrated themselves and there's like a power struggle happening here, right? The kid is like, no, I'm not doing it. And the parent's like, yes, you are. And the truth is the kid is going to win that um, in some way because we can't ever force a child to work or learn or anything. So what do we do about it if we're seeing, oh, my kid is so unmotivated. What do we do about it? Well, we'll get to what we do about it. But first we're gonna be talking about what is the problem here? What has led us to this point where we feel like our child is unmotivated and unwilling to work? The first thing that we have probably implemented in some way is punishments. Now, I'm not gonna get into all of the parenting aspects of it, as much as focusing on how it relates to education and when we use punishment in education. Some of the ways we use punishment in education that you might not even realize you're doing it um, because we mostly, most schools don't use rulers to whack kids anymore. They've decided the corporal punishment is a problem. Um, although I think I have heard that some States do still allow that. And I was horrified to find that out. But beyond the like obvious physical hitting kind of a punishment, we often punish kids. You didn't do your work. You don't get to go out to recess. You didn't do well enough. You get an F. You get a zero. You have a missing notice that has to go home and get signed by your parents. All of these are punishments. Some might be also communicating the problem, but we also have to think about what is our mindset when we are, when we are providing that punishment. If our mindset is you, I need your parent to know that you didn't do your assignment. And we, we have that genuine mindset and we communicate it in a genuine empath empathetic way. I mean, we as the teacher, um, wearing that hat right now. If we as the teacher are saying, I genuinely need to just communicate with your parent and we aren't doing it in a way that is punitive, we are not going, you know, calling the child out in public in front of the whole class. You need to get this missing. You know, if our tone is just, Oh, can you hand that to your mom? And it's not about it. Then that can just be about communication, right? So some of these are things that, 
they don't have to be punitive just because I'm referencing them as punishments, but most of the time I've seen them used that are being used as a punishment. We want the child to suffer because they have not done what we want them to do. And we don't know how else to motivate them. So we've tried to use punishment to motivate the child to do something. When in actuality, all of those punishments are doing more harm than good, way more harm than good. So other examples that might happen at home. You can't watch TV until you do your homework. Again, how is that really being phrased? If it's just as soon as homework is done, you can watch as much TV as you want. You're going to have a different mindset, a different feel around it than, well, if you don't do your homework, then you don't get to watch TV. That's going to have a very punishment feel to it, right? So keep in mind, what, which way are you wording things? How are you going about how to, how, how are you going about it that you're offering these kinds of punishments? Um, it might be, I'm going to take away your phone if you don't get your homework done. I'm going to take away the tablet. I'm going to take away your bike. I'm going to take whatever it is, right? I'm going to take it away if you don't or until you do even. And again, your verbiage, the way you're saying it, the way your tone of voice is, all of those things matter. Your in, the, and comes back to your intent. Your intent is going to play out in your the way that you're coming across. And when those things are coming across as punishments, punitive, your child is going to have a harder time feeling good about doing whatever it is that you're asking them to do. They're going to be less motivated to do it. Now, we definitely get tempted to use this, partly because it was done with us and we don't know what else to do, right? We just go back to what we know. And also because sometimes it looks like it works. Well, when, and I've seen this, you know, back, I, I'm going to admit, I, I've taken a, well, I didn't, I delayed recess for kids who were not done with what I asked them to do when I had given them a reasonable amount of time to do it. And then some, something that they had sat there and not done for an hour suddenly got done in five minutes once recess started. And I was frustrated that I was like, they're so motivated to go. And I've changed my thinking about it a little bit since then. So what I've realized is I made the problem worse because I've made them, I made them less motivated to ever do it and more to actually do it for the sake of doing it, right? I'm punishing them saying you have to do this or you can't do this other great thing. And when I'm punishing them and telling them you have to do this or you can't do this other great thing, I'm telling them that the thing that I'm making them do is not a thing that they should want to do. They just have to do it. But I want them to want to do it. The truth is I want kids to want to read. I want them to want to learn about math and do math. I want them to want to write. I want them to want to. And when they don't, and I punish them for not liking it, I'm sending the message that they shouldn't like it. And that the other thing that they really want because it's better for them, that's the reward that they get if they do, they do the assignment, right? 
Which gets us then to the next motivation killer. Rewards. Rewards can be just as problematic as punishments. Now we've had a very, we've, we've in the last 20-ish plus years, there has been a big push for more rewards. And we wanted positive discipline. And, you know, there's there was this push to do things in a more positive light, to make kids feel better about things. And it wasn't all bad. Um, but we've gone a little too far with it. And in that ex last example, I was talking about like taking away recess. And this is the same thing with taking away TV. You can't do watch TV until same thing. You, you really are punishing them by not letting them have the reward, right? It, it's almost the same. The punishment and the reward are practically the same thing. It's just what lens you want to look at it with. So if you dangle the carrot in front of them and say, you'll get TV as soon as you finish your homework, it's not much different than saying you'll get, you don't get TV because you haven't finished your homework. Now, I do think that the more positive phrasing is better, but it isn't significantly better, right? Um, and we'll get to what to do instead um, more in the future, but want you to understand why we don't want to do this, right? Why we, we are killing kids' motivation. So when we reward kids, even if it's, well, especially bribes, bribes are probably, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're probably the worst. If you are saying, if you do this, then I'll give you this, it goes back to the thing I was saying before, where you're telling them they shouldn't want to do A in order to get B. B is the good thing. A is the bad thing. And they only are doing A because they get B. And you're sending that message that they shouldn't want to do A for the sake of doing A. So if you say you get this M&M if you read a page in your book, you're telling them that the M&M is the good thing and reading a page in their book is the bad thing. Think about how that would sound if you reversed it. You get to read a page in your book if you eat this M&M. Do you see why it, it's like, well, okay. You're, you're putting a price on it and saying you only should do it if you get this reward. If I'm not going to give you a reward, you probably don't, you would never want to do this. You're assuming they don't want to do it. And therefore you're creating a situation where they don't want to do it. So some other examples of rewards that are problematic. Um, so any kind of a food reward is also problematic for other reasons. You don't really want food attached to emotional stuff, trauma stuff. <laughs> but we also don't want things like consumerism attached to it. We don't want to be like, okay, well, if you get an A on your report card this week, you will go to the store and you get to buy whatever you want. It's, it's rewards for rewards. The A was their reward for doing their work. And now 
the reward for the A is getting a toy. But why didn't, why, why should they have done their work? We want them to do the work so that they learn. And who does that benefit? Well, it does benefit everyone. We want a well-educated society. I believe in that strongly. And that's why I believe strongly in supporting public schools as much as we can, because we want a well-educated society. But that's a separate tangent. What we're talking about right now is rewards. We want a well-educated society. We want kids to want to learn. We want everyone to be well-educated. And we also want them to be well-educated because it benefits them. We know that when we have a good education, we get to make more choices about what we do with our life. And a good education does not mean college. It means a good education for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And really what it means is that you are able to learn and learn and learn forever, whatever it is that you want to learn, that you have the ability to learn all the information you want to learn, when you want to learn it, that you have critical thinking skills, that you are able to apply your knowledge in a meaningful way. So rewards, back to that, rewards can send the message that the learning is not worth doing on its own. And that is the wrong message to send. Think about little, little kids, the tiniest of tinies. Um, they want to learn. They want to learn everything. Why? 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 It can drive you a little crazy. I've got my littles right now. They're always like, why? 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 Ah! But they want to learn. My kids love to read. They want to read everything. I don't ever want to give them a reward for reading with me because reading with me is a reward. I mean, it 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 is its own motivator, right? It is so wonderful in itself that they don't need anything else to want to do it. And if I start saying, well, if you sit and read with me, then I'll give you a cookie. They're going to start viewing reading in a different light. They're going to start seeing reading as a something that's not worth doing unless I get the cookie. There's been a lot of research on this. Um, Alfie Cohn in his book, Punished by Rewards, goes into this very deeply. And the, the, so some of the research has shown things like kids who are, who get involved in the like library summer reading programs in the future read less than they were reading before they entered that program. You know, it's like you read a certain number of books and then you get a reward. Kids who are getting rewards for doing those kinds of things read less. If you're getting a reward for doing something, it sends the message that you shouldn't do it unless you get a reward. So if the reward goes away, you're less likely to do it. And if the reward doesn't go away, but you just lose interest in the reward, you've also already lost interest in the reading. So now the kid doesn't want to even read for the reward and they were reading just for fun. So please, Stop rewarding kids for reading. 
reading is fun, reading is great, reading is very enjoyable, and it should be intrinsically motivating. And when it's not, there's a different issue that we need to address. And we'll get into that. Okay. Another version of rewards, besides those physical, tangible things like food and toys, is praise. So again, we have to be careful with praise. We have to be, and this one is tricky. The, the truth is most things in life are not black and white. There are nuances. There's figuring out the, the gray area and where, where it really applies and doesn't. So praise in terms of great job or even great writing. Yes, it makes a kid feel good. But it also is evaluating them and making them feel that their writing is being evaluated and judged. And it is more likely to lead to them being less creative. It leads to less creativity. It was a verbose way of saying it. it leads to less creativity. They're less willing to take risks because they know that you thought this writing was good. So if they do something else that's very much the same, then you'll probably think it's good. But if they do something totally different, you might not like it. And then you won't praise them. And that praise felt good. So it can be beneficial in, in giving feedback. And I would, I would avoid trying to praise and just give feedback. Now, of course, do I praise? Yes. But it's like habit. It's not because I really want to be praising. I'm trying to like kick my own habit. But it's so ingrained in us. And we have to give ourselves tons of grace with all of this. If you've been using punishments and rewards and praise, you're using all of it, just listen have a have an open mind think about whether or not it's really serving the purpose you want it to serve do with it what you want but definitely don't beat yourself up for it if you want ideas on what to do differently we will be getting into that in depth all year long so we're starting off motivation mondays talking about motivation killers and things not to do and why not to do them and the rest of the year we're going to be just talking about all the things that you can do to motivate kids. Um, so one, once a month, we're going to just be hitting motivation really hard once a month. So where was I? Praise, nuances. Okay. So praise versus feedback. Instead of great job on the writing or even great introduction. I love your hook. Any of that is evaluating, right? Some of it is better and more specific feedback and, and more helpful feedback for a child who is trying to learn a particular writing skill. But it doesn't matter if you like their hook. Think about all of the authors who have written books and submitted them to dozens of publishers and been rejected and then wound up being a like award-winning author for that same book that was rejected by all these professional publishers. They didn't like the book, 
but one publisher did, and then it was published, and then it became super famous, and then it happens. We hear about it all the time. There's all that that happens, right? So it doesn't matter what any one of those people thinks. It does matter that that author believed enough in themselves and in their book to keep submitting it to different publishers until someone picked it up. So it matters less. So what, So the difference there is not, I love your hook. It's, by the way, a hook is like the beginning of like what hooks you into reading someone's writing. <laughs> in case that was confusing at all for you. So it doesn't matter whether or not the reader, the, the, the teacher likes the hook. What matters is if the kid feels like it's a good hook and believes in it and learns from it and is learning a new writing strategy and is interested in writing and wants to keep practicing writing, right? We want the child to want to learn more about it. Our evaluation of how well they've done it is not that relevant. We can give them specific feedback like, oh, you needed to use quotation marks, you need a capital letter here, or correct grammar says you need quotation marks and a capital letter here. Current correct English grammar says, or writing conventions say, say like that that's what you need. So, which, you know, writing conventions are changing all the time. So who knows what, what it'll be in the future. So we can give, so back to how, what you can do. I keep telling you, don't do this. Don't do this. Right. What can I do? What can I say? Just don't say anything. Okay. Do say something. You can say you worked really hard on that. What do you like about it? What's your favorite part, right? Ask the child to evaluate their own writing. Don't evaluate for them. Let them evaluate. What do you like about it? What do you, how do you feel about it? What would you do differently? If anything, maybe they don't want to do anything differently. Maybe they think it's the most perfect writing that has ever existed. Perfect. So giving that kind of feedback of just letting them know that like let it, listening to them, let hearing what their feedback is also, what their evaluation is even without giving your evaluation. And then we can also give specific feedback that is either critical, like, you know, in current English writing conventions, when someone is speaking, we use quotation marks to mark that they are speaking. And here's how you use quotation marks. Do you see how that works? Look at this book. Like, here's some examples. What I noticed that you were doing was using commas every time you have a list of things. And that's another writing convention that you seem to have mastered. And again, I never said, great job with commas, great job. It was just, this is something I'm seeing you do. This is something you might want to work on. And I really should have flipped it a little bit so that I'm not starting with a criticism that the kid feels like, Ugh. but also being careful. So, you know, some kids are going to respond better to criticism than others. There are some kids who have to like walk on eggshells and just drop a tiny little hint of a, Hey, let's work on this. What do you think about working on this versus other kids who I can just be very blunt with and they're totally fine. Like, oh, okay. 
right? And they're like ready to, to figure it out and work on it. So know your kid, always. Always know your kid and who you're exactly working with. Okay, so what to do instead. We are gonna be getting deep into this for the rest of the year. Um, just a brief preview. Next month, we'll be talking about what to do instead as focusing on the relationship. And that's going to be our number one thing, is, which we've talked about before. One of the most important things, one of the things that motivates kids the most is the relationship that they have with the person they're working with. Um, it motivates them to be compliant in your requests. It also motivates them in educational opportunities. So we will be getting into ways to focus on the relationship next month. Um, and then we'll be getting into other ways to create opportunities for fun learning and, and motivating in very specific, like motivating reading and math and writing. And we'll be getting into all of that as the year goes on. So stand by, watch for all of that. And I will, I'll, um, I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm motivation is like quickly becoming one of my favorite topics. <laughs> okay. Takeaway is both rewards and punishments kill motivation. So as much as you can start catching yourself and try to use less of the rewards and the punishments and just see what happens. And even right now, without listening to next month's episode on it, just be thinking about how can I build a better connection and relationship with my child? And before you go, I do want to hear from you. Email me, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com and let me know how do you inspire motivation? I would love to hear what you have to say and share those ideas with our community. I'll see you next week.